You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to episode 123. It is episode one of season three of the Hearts Unleashed podcast. You guys, I have missed you. (laughs) I got to tell you, when I first started this podcast back in July or August of 2018, I knew, I knew it was going to be part of my business. I did not know how much fun I was going to have doing it. Honestly, I, I figured it'd be, you know, part of the business and help to get the word out and meet new people and get into new networks and all the different things that like have natural benefits of podcasts. But I honestly didn't know I was going to have so much fun showing up to you guys and sharing my Unleashed Heart and sharing the Unleashed Hearts of others. And we have an entirely new season of Unleashed Heart to be sharing with you. And we have a whole lot more hearts to unleash. So welcome. I don't know if you are starting listening today or if you are one of our loyal listeners, but I want to thank you, number one, for being here to start and two, for tuning in and listening and opening your heart and mind to what there is to be learned here, to be heard, to be shared. I have met a lot of people over the last three months, and so I imagine that there's some new listeners that are just tuning in today. If you are just tuning in, please head over to episode one and start from there, or you can jump around. While we took our season two to three break, we actually, uh, Jill Weeks and I created, she is my client relations director. You are going to hear a lot more about my team coming up. Uh, Rhonda Dieterville as well is, uh, my executive assistant. And then Jill is the client relations director. And we have been working together for the last two and three years respectively. And it's been amazing to grow with these ladies to have, they have been helping me with my business and taking things on and committing their hearts and time to it. And I've really gotten to actually expand the business in a way that literally has positions for them. And this is growth. And, you know, something that I'm really committed to sharing in my life, in my entrepreneurship is the authentic growth. And I talk quite a bit about this on my like social media content, but in a social media world, it's really easy to be fooled by this like instant growth concept or quantum leaps and, you know, overnight success and making money in your sleep. And like, it's sexy, but it's not what they sell it as. And so I have been super committed to being super transparent about all of my growth. So to tell you, I have employees now, woohoo, like I'm four years into my business and I'm just getting employees organized, right? And so it's been so much fun, but I love sharing 
the natural baby steps of business. Because again, in today's social media world, you, you could be fooled that when you, you know, you buy a starter kit for a business or you register as an LLC or things like that, and you open your doors that all of a sudden you're supposed to be a success and you beat yourself up when you're not right. And so I just, I call BS on, on that. I call BS on the industry. I call BS on people trying to sell you programs about instant growth. It's all BS. If you want to have the years of your life where you can say you're making money overnight and you're doubling and tripling and multiplying your income and 10 xing it now is also is predicated by years of dedication, commitment, showing up consistently, showing up when it doesn't make sense, showing up when you think you're a failure. And that's what I've done. And I'm not saying I have it right, but I also really feel strongly that too many people are fooling themselves because masters of marketing are fooling you as well. <laughs> and so I'm here to be, I'm I like not an underdog, but for the little guy, I'm, I'm like interested in people knowing that you have you like, I'm interested in you knowing you have a gift and you can actually make a living off of it. And I write a lot about that in my um, book, giving up, giving up the memoir of a quitter. I taught the whole book is about giving up people pleasing in order to live a life that pleases you. And so the first three parts about of the book, I'm talking about quitting, quitting your uh, old identities and your ego, quitting the crappy story you have about yourself, uh, quitting your disempowering and self-sabotaging ways. And so and then in the last part of the book is all about acceptance, acceptance of yourself and your gifts, choosing your gifts, choosing your talents, choosing your humanity and knowing that you need rest. You're not a machine. I definitely wished that I was a machine who didn't need to eat and sleep so I could work at all hours of the day so I could achieve these really big goals that I have in my brain, right? And I know that many of you are the same way. However, if you deny your humanity, you're going to naturally deny your growth and success because it is a necessary part of growth and progress. So all that said to say, welcome back. You're going to see me. I am one messy mofo. <laughs> I'm all over the place. And I love it. I love being myself. I love being authentic. I love connecting with you authentically. And so just welcome. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We are kicking off season three. We're now at 122 episodes. And I kind of got a little bit off track talking about Jill and Rhonda. Jill and I created a search by title page on heartsunleashed.com. Now we have the blog on there. So you, if you wanted to find an episode, you kind of had to scroll around. The episodes are also on Spotify and on iTunes and then like Google Play and all the other places that podcasts are listened to. But I really like um, heartsunleashed.com because I have summaries of the episodes. And I also, you can see all the different titles listed out. And so there's a search by title page that's really awesome. And then we are also adding a search by series page on there because as I've gone through and grown in the podcast, I realized I love making series like basically. So we've got the sex and intimacy series, the inner child work series, the finding your pathway to fulfillment series, uh, the emotional intelligence series, the eight pillars of empowerment series. I know that there's I think there's one more that I'm missing and maybe I'll remember it. But 
I love the series because it gives you a good chunk to listen to. Oh, the I think I said the Empath Empowerment series. That's one of my favorites. And if you identify as an empath, I highly recommend going to listen to that that series. It's it's five episodes and it's really powerful to help move forward. So we are adding that search by series page on the website so that you can really decide what you want to listen to, what works for you, and then how to find the episodes in like a chunked manner. So go ahead, check it out, search around on heartsunleashed.com, tune in, find your favorite episodes. I always, um, when you'll notice when you're listening to any one of these episodes, I will refer other ones because this content, I use it for my clients. A lot of my information uh, has stayed from the work that I've done with clients. I see different patterns of transformation that we all go through. And that's what I've really used to shape my curriculum for Hearts Unleashed Academy as well, which is I believe that there are four to five main stages, four and five, I bounce around because as I've grown, I've been adding them, (laughs) which I'm pretty sure I don't need to add anymore. But the main five stages are self-development, self-discovery, you know, we have our awakening moment and it's like, whoa, what is this? What is life? So we've got self-discovery. That's where most people start after their awakening and awakenings usually are trauma, traumatic. Mine was divorce. It really woke me up to the fact that I wasn't living an authentic life, but everybody kind of has their own um, way. And I talk about this in an episode called the four stages of transformation. However, I've added one to the end of that. So the four stages I talk about there are self-discovery and then self-development. Now I have a heart for the people stuck on the self-development wheel because I was stuck on the self-development wheel. And I'm here to tell you, I say, I shared in my bio on Instagram and Facebook and all that places is I help self-development junkies quit that and ascend into self-mastery. However, actually right beyond self-discovery is the stage of self-actualization. Like you do enough discovery where you're trying to fix yourself, um, be a better version of you and, you know, be healthier, be well. And that's great. That is all great. However, what what I was sharing in the very beginning of this episode is that the industry has been manipulated a lot because it makes money to keep you stuck in self-development. I tell my clients flat out, and I used to get yelled at about this, but my mentors like, don't do that, (laughs) is my job is to put myself out of business with you. Just like my students when I was a teacher, I want you to become a contributing member of society. I want you to become a self-sustaining self-sufficient human being. It is not in my best interest to coach you. It's not in my best financial interest to coach you uh, to put myself out of business. However, I'm way more committed to your growth, progress, and the evolution of humanity. Let's talk about that. The evolution of humanity. This Hearts Unleashed is my brick in the road in the entire road that humans are walking towards full, total, freedom and enlightenment. And yes, I fully believe in that. I fully believe in that process. And the more that we share our authentic unleashed hearts, the more we will set ourselves free. And so I have a lot of beliefs about that. We're not going down that path today. However, my brick in the road is this company Hearts Unleashed and me being who I am. And so self-discovery, I don't want you stuck on that wheel. It's time for you to self-actualize, which means, holy shit, I am great. 
I am good. I have something to contribute. I don't need to constantly be fixing myself. I'm not broken. And the days, like the day that you realize it is one day. And then there's the following days and months where you still try to sort that out because you're so conditioned to be fixing yourself. This whole podcast is very much about you getting into the stage of what's after self-actualization because you'll awaken to your brilliance. That doesn't mean you're good at exercising it, right? So self-actualization, I don't actually consider it a stage. Like I don't have a program for self-actualization because it's a moment. Beyond that, the stage is self-mastery. And so self-mastery is where you really realize, yeah, you've got triggers. Yeah, you have an attitude or you have a shadow. That's what in my program Unleashed, I talk about the eight pillars of empowerment, which there is a series for. And I go much in depth about your light side and your shadow side, because it's not going away. Life is not all sunshine and rainbows. And we know that. And that's where it gets a little bit confusing with this industry with coaches and healers and light workers and the peace and the love and the motivational speakers telling you you can do it all right is that it's like yeah but I'm fucked up <laughs> what do I do about that part <laughs> and so the really important piece is to understand how to actually identify with your ego and still maintain your power grace and light and so that's what I do in self mastery and so the next stage the last stage is what I call as transcendence and y'all If you are on my email list, which if you're not, go to abigailgaz.com and sign up. I'm going to just put that plug in there. But in the first weekend of January, so I send out a weekly newsletter, a weekly email called The Beat. And it's not necessarily a newsletter, but it's what's going on in Hearts Unleashed? What's going on with me? What are we up to? What's new? And so I shared that my word of the year was transcendence. I am currently in the process of solidifying that transcendence program. So self discovery, self-development, self-mastery, and then transcendence. Because when you master yourself, you master humanity. When you truly master yourself, you develop compassion for everybody going through everything that they're going through. Because you realize we are all on our individual paths. And you realize, like, even though all of our lives work out different, right? Like not everybody I know is divorced and that wasn't their awakening moment, but I know what an awakening moment is like. And I know the path that proceeds from there. And so, um, that being said, my neck, my last, uh, program will be called fluidity. It's coming out in the fall and it's about transcendence. And as I share, many of you tuned in to hear about the, uh, retreat that I just went on the 10 day silent retreat. Don't worry. I'm talking about that next. However, I really, I've missed y'all so much. We've been, (laughs) sorry, my mouth won't stop watering. I'm like chomping at the bit to talk to you. (laughs) Um, We have had a three-month break here from the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I did Disappearing December. We had January was all about launching 2020. And then here in February, I went on a 10-day silent retreat. So I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But I want to bring in Transcendence because I explained in that um, original email of the year to launch 2020 that my word of the year is Transcend. And this year has already not disappointed. Um, when I, I did not know that when I signed up for that 10 day retreat, it was all about transcending, um, our humanity, (laughs) you know, in a very beautiful way. 
Now, this, I want to talk a little bit about transcendence because I think that um, it can be a little bit confused for ignoring or bypassing. Bypassing means just like heart surgery, right? If you have a clog in your heart and you have a bypass surgery, they're going to add a stint that creates a new canal, a new valve, a new avenue for blood to flow. They don't actually fix the clog. They just bypass it. So bypassing is not the same as transcendence. And the reason I want to share a little bit about that is because as you grow and evolve, you may have noticed this, as you evolve in your life, things that you used to be involved with or people that you used to be involved with um, frustrate you or they, you just don't jive and vibe anymore. And that's a very natural same thing for for me it's it's been a lot of different things like i stopped watching tv that was like one of the first things i stopped watching tv cuz the news the garbage the commercials the conditioning the mind training the nlp like i i could go on and on it it really grinds my gears that it's still very successful in doing what it does. However, my easiest fastest recommendation for you changing your life is turn off your TV. Okay? Going to leave it there. So, with that being said, I have been continuing to transcend different patternings and conditionings of the past, and so my year this year was really about full full self-acceptance. There were still some remnants of the inner athlete, the perfectionist, the inner critic that were would still have a hold on me and that also had me believing in others more than myself or believing that others knew me more than I knew me. And so that's my recommendation. I love inviting people to tune into the Hearts Unleashed podcast because I'll, I, I'm not here to tell you about yourself. I'm not here to um, tell you that my program is the one size fits all that's going to solve all your problems. I am here to work with people on an individual basis and obviously a group like a, like this, like many of you are listening and it's a one-way conversation. However, my door is always open for discovery calls to work with people on what's really going on with you. How about your life? Because I get it when they say, you know, I, <laughs> in the last four years, I can't tell you, I have a list of how many books I've read. And it's actually part of the Hearts Unleashed Book Club recommended reader list. But I have read a lot of self-development books. And, you know, I just actually picked one up, the, the How to Make Friends and Influence People. Like, those are books I, of the past. Because, and, and I mean it from love, and, and they've served their purpose. However, humanity is growing in such a way that we don't need to know how to trick people. We don't need to know how to make friends. We don't need to know how to influence people. And it's not just that book. That just happens to be the one that comes to mind. But it's really about being who you are. And so I'm going to actually talk about that. I'm in the middle of this episode. I'm going to talk about how to have an online business offline. And that's not just for uh, entrepreneurs. It's for your life. So because the algorithms and the this and the that, like we don't need to know the tactics. We need to know ourselves. And that's what I'm about here at Hearts Unleashed is you knowing yourself and unleashing yourself. So Let's dive in here. Let's get to what you came for this retreat, right? <laughs> ah, holy moly, you guys. I, 
Okay, so a little bit of logistics first. This was called a Vipassana retreat. And I'll actually link dhamma.org so that you can find it if you're interested. So it'll be in the show notes if you're interested in actually taking a 10-day silent retreat. And so um, this was in Idaho. I actually just, there's they are, there are centers all over the world for this, this Vipassana meditation retreat. And it's a 10-day retreat. After you're considered, when you go to the 10 day one, you're then considered an old student and they have five and three day retreats available as well. However, the 10 day one is necessary to learn the technique and to completely, um, the, the teacher, his name is SN Gorenka and he is, he was teaching it in the nineties and they actually recorded his, him teaching the course. And so at night we would watch a one hour lecture from him, but however, there were teachers in person teaching the technique and the process and answering questions and guiding us through our transformational journey. Now, Vipassana meditation is the teachings of Buddha and Buddhism and Buddhists. And so this meditation is all about you working within the framework of your body. And if you guys have been following my own journey for the last couple of years, you've noticed my own growth and transformation. Part of that growth and transformation was looking outside of me for answers, looking outside of me for guidance and for like validation. And that's just not where it is, guys. And that's what Hearts Unleashed is about. It's about looking inward, introspection, self-acceptance, self-love, self-celebration. And so I, this is... (laughs) I cry, have cried multiple times about the way this retreat felt like the pinnacle of my own journey. I'm so happy because I've never been on firmer foundation as I continue to build this business. So some of the logistics, y'all, this, the, they have these centers and these retreats literally all over the world. And I just happened to pick Idaho because it was the first available. Y'all, these retreats book up months in advance. So if you are interested, even slightly interested, you want to head over to dama.org so that you can search up what's available in your area. Cause even if you're considering it, signing up six months out is really important. Because <laughs> if you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, I do, I want to do it. You're still not going to do it for quite some time. I signed up in December of last year, and my retreat was in February. I happened to pick Idaho because it was the first available. So then I had a nice 15 hour road trip there and back as well. I thought about flying out, but once you think about all like the, you know, flights and airports and this and that, I was like, oh boy, I think after 10 days of silence, I'd really love a 15 hour road trip back to integrate into life. And that was exactly what happened. And I have a funny story about it that I'll share here in a few minutes (laughs) about my road trip back. So the 10 days of noble silence. Now this isn't just silence, y'all. Noble silence is about no body language. So it's truly no communication. That way you can maybe achieve silence of the mind (laughs) because you know, you know, you have a voice inside your head. That's always talking. It's talking as you're listening to me, judging what I'm saying. (laughs) And then you say, no, I don't. What voice, right? That's the voice. (laughs) And so noble silence was such an interesting concept and challenge because that meant we, we had roommates uh, at the retreat 
And I'm going to tell you all about my roommate because you're going to actually hear from her on the podcast. But I had this roommate whom I couldn't contact, I couldn't talk to, and they encourage you no eye contact, no gesturing, no body language, no talking. And so that was interesting in itself. And then add on 110 scheduled hours of meditation. We had a 4 a.m. wake up, hours of meditating, breakfast, rest, meditating, lunch, rest, meditating, and then dinner was actually tea, a tea break. We didn't have dinner. And so that was very interesting as well. But a lot of people would say, oh my God, I can't go without dinner. I'm not going. It's not even like that because you're not really moving, right? You're not burning as much energy. Therefore, you don't even need as much food. It was really beautiful. And great food, all vegetarian diet, which was really interesting because I'm, I'm by no means a vegetarian y'all. However, I secretly, I not secretly, I knew this leading up to it, that we, it was going to be a vegetarian diet and, and no talking. You have to agree to five precepts before going, which is no killing, which easy enough, no stealing. Okay. Easy enough. No lying. Well, we can't talk. Okay. And then celibacy, already on that boat. Cool. And no intoxicants, no alcohol, no drugs, no weed, no nothing. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm actually going to share something about that as we continue to go. But I, we agreed. No, none of those five precepts, you, you put those away, you move on. And so there was so much clarity of the mind available in that. <laughs> and leading up to it, I was eating tons of sugar. I was indulging. And I was, and so the first three days I had a hangover <laughs> or like I would call it detoxing. And so after that, it was, it was smooth sailing from there. And so much came from it because the concept, the concept of it is that in 110 scheduled hours of meditation with silence, your suppressed memories, your suppressed energies, your suppressed feelings and emotions finally have room to come up and out. And y'all, I feel like I have lost a hundred pounds. I don't know if you can hear the difference. I've gotten a lot of compliments on my um, being on social media. People are like, you are literally glowing. I feel it. I feel it because I have released things. I, in 10 days, I dropped or released 15 years of suppressed energy. And you guys know me well enough. I'm really authentic. I'm really into transformation. So I have done a lot of work on myself. The stuff that came up and out was stuff that was packed down so far and so tightly that I wasn't even present to it. Now, you guys, you have subconscious barriers in your life that you don't even know about. And I'm actually going to be sharing on Monday's 15 minute fill up on the, I think that's March 1st. I'm going to be sharing, no, March 3rd, on the 15-minute fill-up, a an equation that can save your life. because And it's about releasing subconscious stuff that you don't even know holds you back. You have subconscious stuff that is in your way that you can actually work with. But I have done so much of this work in my life now that I really had done everything I could do that I could consciously identify with. It was going to take something like a 110 hours of meditation to surface what was there to really deal with anymore. And so for myself, I want to share a little bit about my own experience is that 
on day, so day one and two, I was kind of like, oh shit, how am I going to do this for nine, 10 days? Right. And cause it's nine days of noble silence. And on the 10th day, we were allowed to talk a little bit, um, not a little bit, a lot of it, but on day one and two, I was like, oh my God, nine more days, nine days of this is crazy. And so on the second day, it was kind of right under the surface. All of my anger came up. I've had like, there's like resentments and, and just like some rage, some natural rage that came up and out. And so sitting in meditation, it is so silent. Y'all, we could hear people swallow. You could hear people fart, burp, uh, gurgle. And in 110 hours of meditation, you can't not acknowledge it, right? It has to happen. (laughs) And so you get really used to that. No big deal. And what I really realized about that is (laughs) because funny story. One man got up and like farted really long. <laughs> and and it it wasn't really that funny in the moment cuz like you knew he was probably like holding that in for a really long time and like I just I was actually relieved for him. I'm like, "Man, you do you. You go. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco." But I'm sure it was like kind of embarrassing in the moment, but um, it has to happen. And, and so does, so does releasing all of your suppressed energy. And so anger came up and out, but I, I actually left the meditation hall, which they really encourage you not to do, but they also want you to maintain the silence. And so this anger was like bubbling and bubbling and I could feel it come up from my gut to my belly up by my heart, through my chest and my throat. And I left and I took my jacket out and I was like yelling into it because the Idaho, the Intermountain Vipassana Retreat Center is phenomenal. They're building it. It's growing. State of the art. Um, Cobb, the Cobb houses, which held heat. Oh my God, we were in Idaho. I was so scared about being freezing cold the whole time. And everything that they had was nice and warm and cozy. So the, I highly recommend that retreat center and everything y'all everything is run by volunteers. I am blown away. I want to stop to give so much kudos to the people who keep the meditation Vipassana alive in its purity because they do it because it benefits, benefits them. They do it because they love it. They do it because they love humans and humanity and they're committed to enlightenment and the freedom of humanity. So I just, I couldn't, Oh my God, all of like, when I choose to donate money now in life, it will be to Vipassana because that they are it that money goes directly towards building another center, it goes directly towards feeding another Vipassana member retreat, which by the way, the retreat is actually free to go to and you donate at the end. I like everything about this, you guys, I recommend, 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 recommend. Okay. So anyways, back to my story is rage starts to come up, 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 up. And I, and it's so quiet. They own property in the Idaho, the Intermountain um, Center. They own this property and it's in the middle of a canyon of mountains. I shared it on Facebook and, and Instagram. You can go see the video. Every morning we were watching sunrises in the mountains and sunsets over the mountains. It was so beautiful, but it was also so quiet. So even if you went outside to yell, you would be heard or cry or whatever. And so I take my jacket and I'm screaming into my jacket. I'm like, you know, cussing and shouting and crying and hacking. And, and the thing that I know about exercising your energies and feeling your feelings, I work with clients on this all the time because, and I think I have multiple episodes about feeling your feelings. And if not, I will certainly create one, but Feeling your feelings only lasts 
seven to 10 minutes, sometimes three to five minutes, you guys. I released rage and anger that had been suppressed for years in less than 10 minutes. And it doesn't exist within me anymore. I could identify as over the course of 10 days, like I'll tell you a little story about the anxiety as well. But like my frustration came up a little bit extra, some more of my people pleaser identity showed up. And I could really feel that like, I have been doing work, I've been shoveling out gunk out of my, you know, my internal system for years now. And I could really feel that I was actually wiping the walls, I was polishing. And this so it wasn't, um, it was just it felt so good because it, it felt so final. And I'm not here to say, okay, guys, I'm all better now. You know, there's still activation, there's still the shadow side. But what we actually learned in this retreat was how to master our minds called Samadhi, right? Mastery of the mind. And so in my self mastery course, there's a lot of this information. However, my my course fluidity about transcendence is going to have much more detail about truly clearing all the gunk and polishing the walls. And so this was just so phenomenal for myself and for the way that I get to serve you guys. So last personal story from the retreat. So, well, actually, let me think. So anger came up and then, oh, because my meditations were going so well, my dreams were going wild, y'all. I was having some wild dreams. And one of them was I had a, a baby and it came out as a one-year-old. I was like, oh my God, hi. And it like already knew things to do. And <laughs> so that was a pretty fun dream. I had some really like not so fun dreams, some nightmares and a lot of like mission type dreams, like chasing and running and all the things. And it's all that subconscious stuff. Like in the meditations, you're, you're meant to master your mind and be able to focus and not get distracted. And so the only time that uh, my subconscious was able to push through with negativity or worry or anxiety was in my sleep. So what started to happen was number one, I was sleep talking and I felt so bad for my roommate. <laughs> I actually asked them, I'm like, can you check in on my roommate and make sure she's sleeping? Because um, I'm pretty sure that I'm talking all night. And then they actually told me, they're like, no, we're not going to check on her. That's your own people pleaser showing up, um, trying to make sure or like worrying about others. If she has a problem, she'll talk to us and we'll, we'll take care of that. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I had to deal with my own worry stuff. But then I got afraid to fall asleep. I was afraid to fall asleep because I didn't want to talk all night. And I also didn't want to have the dreams that I was having. And so uh, by day seven, I couldn't fall asleep till like 11 or midnight. And then I was just sharply waking up at 3 a.m. And so I was overtired. And so anxiety started to kick in, which this is just so perfect, right? Because my, my life looked like that. The lack of sleep led to the anxiety, which led to the worry, which led to the perfectionist. It's all so in this, you couldn't, they didn't, you didn't even have to talk. I didn't have to do any exercises. You know what I mean? Like, um, mind bending exercises. I just had to sit still. I just had to sit still and sit quiet to allow my patterning to show itself to me. And that's exactly what it did. Because by day seven, my anxiety was in my chest and in my throat. It was so gripping. And by day eight, 
I, so I spent most of day seven with anxiety and stressed and concerned and then becoming exhausted because of it, which I was just, it was very interesting because I was experiencing it, but I was also observing it, which was phenomenal because I'm like, wow, I have operated like this in my life for years, years. I functioned like that. And then in my, in the last four years, so my anxiety was at an all time high in college when I was, you know, finals kicked off and, and basketball, college basketball, I tore my ACL that really, everything just started to like kind of unravel there. And, and then I had a lot of anxiety as a, as a new teacher and, uh, being disappointed with the education system and that whole thing. Y'all have heard me talk about that plenty of times. And so, um, with that being said, the anxiety, I was like, I have functioned like this in my life. Oh my God. And it, it opened up my compassion for my past selves. And I really want to share that because you guys, it's not about fixing yourself. It's about loving yourself. It's about being easy and kind and gentle with yourself. You're always doing the best you can. You guys, I had anxiety. I didn't like it. And I beat myself up. At the same time, there's no getting better. There's no muscling and hustling you're going to do to fix yourself. So please stop doing that. And if you're having a hard time doing that, reach out. It is the work I do. It is the work I am the most committed to in the world is teaching you emotional intelligence enough that you can become kind to yourself, which develops into compassion for yourself and for humanity. Okay. So anxiety is creeping up. It's building, it's building, it's building the last couple of days. And it's really getting to me. And on day eight that morning, like I woke up sad and I couldn't stop crying. Like it, I went to meditation, but I was just sitting there weeping and trying to hold it together. Now that was where it really capped out. It was noble silence for the students, but the teachers would give instructions. And so they, they call, would call us up. We sat there in a group, 20 women and 20 men. And we were on opposite sides of the room. And again, we weren't supposed to interact with the men at the dining hall. There was a sheet up between us so you can see each other. We actually had different walking paths from the residence, from our separate residence into this. The only thing that we all did together was meditate. So the men were on the other side of the room, but they would call us up in these small groups of four and question us like, can you, are you breathing properly? Are you getting the sensations that you're supposed to get? Like, cause there were progressions of the meditations. And so, um, I'm sitting up there and the girls are other, the other girls, uh, three of them were like, yeah, got it. Um, understand. And I'm and I, it's, it's my turn. And I'm like, I, I'm just having so much anxiety right now. I couldn't stop it. And she's like, okay, book an interview. So after lunch, you could actually schedule like a question and answer period privately with the teacher so that you could get those kinds of questions answered. So Noble silence, yes. However, um, you're able to talk in order to get the most out of the meditation practice because that's what you're really there to do is develop your meditation practice. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there struggling. And so she asks us and she goes, okay, let's practice together. And then we, so we go back into meditation and we're sitting there and I could not stop crying. But what I realized in that moment was you've spent your whole life trying to control it. Stop. Stop trying to control it. And again, feel your feelings. So I get up and I couldn't even like you take your shoes off to go in there. And so I couldn't even get my shoes on fast enough before I was like, 
<laughs> and I, I, you know, the here comes a panic attack. And I was, I had my snow pants on. And so I ran out as far as I could because I knew they'd be able to hear me. And so I run out as far as I could. And I collapsed the ground and I just started having this full blown panic attack. Now, y'all, I have not had a full-blown panic attack since I was teaching. It's been like six or seven years. And I knew, so it it sucked in the moment. I know you know what a panic attack feels like. I'm sure you know, or if you haven't, bless your heart. But I have this full-blown panic attack. I go, and, and it's over in 10 minutes or less. The teacher, other teacher came to check out up on me. And so we walked for a minute. She talks me down. And, um, which I knew just have it, have it all have it. And then I was crying and I was, I was actually pushing it harder to push it all out. Cause it really feels like birthing a baby, which is all of your resentments, the bundle of them just sit in your body somewhere you can locate them. And then more throughout the, the retreat, as things were coming up and out, I could actually identify like, wow, this is from this year. This is from like 19 blah, blah, blah. Or this is from 2011 when I graduated. And so I could actually identify some of the feelings that I knew I hadn't felt in a couple of years. And so that happened, let all that up and out. And that felt really good. I was like, whoo, be gone. By the time I booked my lunch interview, I told the teacher that I was like, I haven't had that in like six years. That was packed really down tightly. So I didn't think that there was anything wrong, but I was like, the main thing is not to have judgments about your feelings and your emotions, because as a human, they're going to come. And it's a matter of the mastery of the mind, the samadhi, being able to know and be unbiased about the feelings that you have. The word that they used was equanimity or having an equanimous mind, meaning that when a judgment comes, you don't judge the judgment. It's kind of like being shot with two arrows. You're shot with one and it hurts and then you're physically suffering and then you're shot with another arrow of suffering mentally and you're thinking about the suffering that you're going through and then you're judging the suffering that you're going through and then it's like it just spirals. And so some of the benefits that I got out of this retreat was more emotional freedom. I'm a pretty emotionally free woman, pretty self-expressed and I love it. And I love sharing that with others. But this was stuff that I, like I said before, I simply couldn't identify anymore. I had done as much as I could up until that point. And so I have so much more emotional range and freedom and compassion, the compassion for the natural silent suffering of others. I have always had that compassion and I, that is what Hearts Unleashed is about y'all. And so I am here for you. I am here for what you're going through. And it's not just about suffering. Life is actually really amazing, y'all. And that's what I'm here to teach is that when you stop the suffering and well, my, my main shift, the shift that I like to promote is shifting from surviving to thriving. You could actually have an entire 24 hour period where nothing goes wrong or you don't have a negative thought. You could have a couple weeks like that where things are just good. And it's, I always like to gauge it with people's introductions, people going, Hey, how are you? And people go, "Mm, can't complain. Really? Is that how you are? 
Is that how you are that all that's going on in life is you can't complain, <laughs> right? That must mean life is going well, right? Like I love when people ask me that because I'm like, I am fantastic. I am wonderful. Things are great. I'm blessed. How are you? And people get so, it's it's kind of interesting because we're still in that, like as a society, as a collective, we're still in a negative frequency where people are surprised when I my response is like, I am fantastic. Everything is great in life. How are you? <laughs> you know, uh, can't complain. Like, no, don't just settle for that. It's great because you can't complain. Right. And I know I'm picking on that one response, but whatever yours is like, check your response. What would it be like to just tell people everything in my life is really amazing. (laughs) My relationships are great. I love my job. I love my children. I love my husband or wife or significant other, like, or myself. How about that? I love my space. I love the work that I do. I love the impact that I make. I'm working on some passion projects. Like, what if that was your answer? You know? And so, so many benefits out of this retreat. So I recommend it so much. And I want to share two more benefits that came up in this program. One I couldn't have written it better, y'all. If you've been following me since like fall of last year, you know that I wanted to go on a Spanish sabbatical for my birthday. So my birthday, you're listening on my birthday. Today is my birthday. Woohoo! <laughs> I after um, planning out the break. I specifically said, oh, this is launching on February 28th. Let's do this. And so um, to happy birthday to me. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm probably surfing. I have a couple appointments today. <laughs> this is also pre-recorded. But I go nine days without talking to my roommate. So you know, okay, let me lead this back a little bit. I wanted to go on a Spanish sabbatical for my birthday. And to Costa Rica. So I have Rosetta Stone. I've had it for like five or six years and I never have finished it. And so I decided that's it. I'm finishing it. I know that I want to translate my book, Giving Up, Giving Up the Memoir of a Cutter. I want to translate that into Spanish and I want to be able to coach Spanish speakers. I want to serve the Spanish community. I want to give talks in Spanish. I want to write more books in Spanish. I just have such a heart for it. And I want actually like I want to learn multiple languages. Spanish just happens to be number one on the list. And so um, I tried to raise $3,000 back last fall. I wanted to raise $3,000 for um, the Spanish sabbatical to take a course in Costa Rica to um, spend the month there like a whole month and to like just really get offline. Well, it didn't work out. I raised like 700 bucks, which was fine. Great. And I'm also so grateful to all the donors. If you're one of them, thank you. And so I raised $700, but it wasn't enough to go on the retreat. So I didn't do it because personally, I've done a lot of things that are like, I'm paying for a lot of things because someone actually asked me like, why don't you just pay for it? And I was like, honestly, because at this point, I just wanted it to be a birthday gift to myself. Like I wanted to raise the money to do it. And I wanted it to really feel like a birthday present. And when it didn't work out that way, I didn't decide or I decided not to pay it out of pocket. I just decided to recalibrate the timeline on it. So then my plan was to go to Costa Rica this next disappearing December. And so I so disappearing December of 2020 because you guys I'm going to be doing disappearing December for as far as my mind can see. Loved it. And so I 
recalibrate. I save the $700. I just have it in, in, in a little pocket ready to go to Costa Rica. Well, I don't talk to my roommate for nine days. And on the 10th day, we're finally allowed to talk. And this beautiful woman, Elena, is from Mexico. She lives in Oregon right now. And part of her career is being a Spanish to English translator. <laughs> And all as she's telling me this, all I can do is laugh and just smile because I go, well, and I explained to her the Costa Rica idea. And I said, I'm learning Spanish right now. I'm finishing Rosetta Stone. And it looks like I've met my the translator of my book. And so we have been organizing that. And she also has a non-for-profit. Uh, she's an artist. She's a tattoo artist. She's a muralist. And she has a non-for-profit, which we will be hosting her on the Hearts Unleashed podcast so she can share all about what she's up to in the world because it is phenomenal. So she will be helping me translate this book and she will be hosting me at her home in Mexico. And I'm so excited. She's going to be my little tour guide. She's going to uh, translate or like she goes, I promise to only speak to you in Spanish on our trip. Because <laughs> that is the whole that was truly the whole point to go to Costa Rica or to go anywhere is to integrate into going from just being a student of Spanish to speaking it fluently. And so I'm really excited to work with Elena, grow our relationship. She's an amazing human being. You'll you'll get to meet her very soon. So that was one major benefit. And then you guys, another major benefit, which I have shared a little bit about this in my life and a little bit about this on the podcast, but it's time to just like open the doors wide open. So I personally, just the way that my life has gone, I tried alcohol and I tried marijuana for the first time around age 13. And while I tried them then, throughout the course of my life, I have uh, it's it's fluctuated as I've grown. So I tried it and I used it a little bit at that age because it was like what well, it was like happening. But then in high school, I was really on the straight and narrow. I was super interested in being a student athlete. So I was like very rigid, like, nah, I don't do that. I tried drinking. I, I drank when I like as a freshman. And then I really just got super focused. I wanted to go to I wanted to play college basketball, all of those things. So I didn't use a lot in high school. And I also didn't use a lot my freshman year of college. However, my sophomore year, when I tore my ACL, I've shared a lot about that. It was my most depressed year. And I went right back into drinking way too much and smoking way too much. And so it and I also even at that time, right when my surgery first happened, I actually got hooked on narcotics on my um, painkillers because I was so afraid I had never had surgery. And so I got this prescription refilled three times. I remember crying to my doctor for the third prescription. And I was like, like, he and I actually talked about it. He's like, you need to be careful. And I said, I promise that this is my, it was sounded like I, like even as I say it right now, I sound like, like I was hooked in which I was, but I, I negotiated for that last bottle and I promised to wean myself off of it. But I, I was so scared to stop at that time. And so, and it actually, I was very conscientious of it because I've had five knee surgeries on my left knee because of this original ACL tear and each new surgery I've been very careful not to get addicted again to the narcotics, hydrocodone specifically. And so um, 
that being said, I, I then started to use cannabis much more as a pain management and then depression and anxiety and all of those things. And so I just used it to eat. I have used marijuana. I like, and alcohol, you guys, like as different forms. And, and all of us have, not all of us, I don't mean to um, speak so definitively, but you know, from ranging from just like recreational and fun and play to like partying and pretty hardcore partying and whatever someone's into pills and all the different options that there are in the world. Like it, it, none of it serves us, but we all end up down one path or another. And so I've ranged from like fun and leisure or partying to then coping and anxiety and frustration and management And then like to the scale of numbing out and drowning out and checking out and blacking out. And then even further down the path that once I learned how to like the tolerance changes and different things down to like creative flow and um, expanding the mind. And so I've really used it across the whole scale. And I'm actually quite the advocate for cannabis. There's a lot of health benefits. And so in the last year, this has been unfolding quite differently. I used to just use it and like be really um, into it. And I really didn't care what other people had to say about it. It was my own thing. Now, I also realize here on the podcast, I'm like, for many of you say, telling you that I smoke weed is <laughs> like probably I'm probably like crushing my wholesome image for you and putting it back together in the same episode. So, hey, welcome. Here I am, whatever. <laughs> but Something's been happening. So alcohol was much more a nemesis for me in the in the sense that I would drink for drunk. That's that was the only way I knew how to drink alcohol. And so I like my twenties are a shit show. Were a shit show, and especially early twenties, college, learning how to party, and then getting out and having major anxiety around teaching and things of that nature. Leaving that career, feeling like a failure because I wasn't using my degree anymore. Like all sorts of things. I really lean towards alcohol alcohol and I would mix it with cannabis and it would not be good. And so I, once divorce happened, so we are four years out now, it's February of 2020. Uh, February is my favorite month. If y'all haven't already heard that from me is that it's my coaching anniversary. I started my accomplishment coaching program in February of 2016, 20 February, 2016 is the like three days before my program started. My husband broke up with me. And it's Valentine's Day. It's my birthday. I really love February. It's a great month. It's packed. And so um, I really celebrate this month. And what started to happen, though, with coaching is I also started therapy. In February, my program started, it was about June or July before I started therapy because I had never been introduced to mental health uh, or prioritizing mental health. And so once I started doing that, I started to open up and what came of that is I moved to California because I realized, wow, I really do have a second chance at life. And I only ever viewed living in California as um, a pipe dream. Like I didn't know I could. I always thought, man, if I lived out there, it would be like living on vacation. I can't live out there. I'll I'll never work. (laughs) Well, guess what? I never feel like I work anyways. I'm talking to you. And I realize we're at 50 minutes or 54 minutes. This is crazy. Um, I still have a lot to talk about. So thanks for hanging out with me. This is fun. Might have to turn into a (laughs) two-parter or you'll turn it into a two-parter. I'm just going to keep on rolling. Um, I, this is also three months of conversation built up. So I'm releasing a lot to you and I love it. I'm going to be talking about my book at the end of this episode, but back to what we're talking about. So 
I move out to California and I realize that alcohol is not the center of every gathering. And it was phenomenal, but I was blown away. And I, like alcohol has cost me a lot in my life. I've gotten in trouble with it. I've, I didn't go to my senior prom. I didn't, I um, lost being an RA my senior year of college because we were drinking over Christmas break as the basketball team. And they took my being an RA away, <laughs> which turned out fun because I partied harder the last semester. But um, it like, it has cost me a lot, like it causes fights. And I want to share this with you because there's a little bit, the benefit of the Vipassana retreat is I'm going 100% sober. That's the moral of the story. But 100% sober, meaning no alcohol, no intoxicants, no marijuana, no nothing, because I love who I am. And I love the clarity. And this clarity coach knows it's time to be completely clear. And I, this is now two years in the making. And I'm going to short cut this timeline real quick. But the last time that I seriously drank was January of 2018. I was up in Portland and I had just moved in with my sister and I was so nervous. I had just published my book in November of the previous year and I was moving up to Portland to go on a little book tour. I had six events up in the Portland area and I was so feeling insecure, nervous, unsure. I was going to promote my book, but I was this new author who I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just walking in blindly and it was triggering a lot of nerves. So I would drink to calm those nerves. Well, I'll never forget because I got way too drunk and got in a fight with my sister and pushed her over and broke her tailbone really well, broke, broke the heck out of it. And not only like, I'll never forget it because I love my sister. She's my best friend and she couldn't forget it for three weeks, standing up, sitting down, going to the bathroom, walking, none of it. And so it hurt so bad to have hurt her and to have hurt our relationship, even if momentarily that I knew I was, I knew I never wanted to be that way ever again. And so it really started to wake me up. Now I still drank, still smoked and still like enjoyed myself, but never let myself get drunk anymore. And then September of 18, I attended a wedding in which I stayed sober. I had like, I think I had like three beers and my body, like I threw up. My body was like, no, we're not drinking tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. Sure. I'll dance. And so I'm sober at like 10 PM looking around the dance floor, realizing nobody's really that drunk. <laughs> Everyone's just having a good time. And I was like, it was the first time I was ever really like, holy shit, was that just me? And I know that that's not the case all the time. Like I know people get drunk and silly and you know, it was more common at certain times of my life, but it really opened my eyes. I'm like, wow, we, we can have a lot of fun sober, even at parties, even at weddings, even at gatherings, even at holidays. And so that next holiday I went home for Christmas and I'll never forget people looking at me all sorts of sideways, like, wait a minute, you don't want a drink? You don't want, would you like a beer? Cause you know, that etiquette at parties where someone gets up for a beer and says, all right, who wants one? I was pretty much always raising my hand for the next one. So I was finally, I was like, oh no, I'm good with water or whatever. And it was just something new. And I had to teach people how to treat me again. And that's what happens in transformation, guys. Don't be upset when people don't understand your transformation. Just 
retrain them on how you want to be treated now. Okay. So from there, I've real, the last year, 2019 was very much an experiment with uh, marijuana and alcohol. I would go off it. And so, uh, July 4th through like July 25th or something, I actually went no alcohol, no weed, no caffeine and no sex. And that was the, that was a game changer. Y'all I was for 20 days. I was like floating everywhere. I was levitating. I was, my life was great. And I was so clear. And, and so then I started to bring different things back. Like, um, well, all of them, caffeine, sex, weed, alcohol, those are my, those are my personal vices. And so I'm talking about them, but like add in whatever you works for you. And so, um, I tried alcohol. I tried, I had a Corona specifically, I remember, but I had beer and, he, and it was the first drink that I drank after my 20 days of sobriety. And I realized, oh my God, this is where the stomach ache that I've had for my entire adulthood came from. Holy shit, I don't have to have this stomach ache anymore. So I gave up beer. And then I was so I was only really drinking wine. I've only been drinking wine for the last like six or eight months. And um, which is fine. No big deal. I was only having a couple or like having one when I wanted it. But I'm really excited to just be completely sober at this point. And then I will tell you something, I started to know that about weed that I didn't want to smoke anymore. And but I was in denial because I never imagined myself to not smoke. Like, again, I'm quite the advocate of cannabis and its health benefits and helps with, you know, anxiety, because I would always recommend someone smoke weed before they go take antidepressants. Honest to God or CBD or whatever, you know, for and same thing with ADHD. I love using cannabis for creative purposes. However, the last, I would say two to three months, it started to feel different. And I said this to my sister, because at first I was concerned. I'm like, uh Oh, you know how they, I grew up in the time where they were like, marijuana is a gateway drug. You got to be careful. You shouldn't do it. And it's like, okay, okay, Sally, I got it. Well, I, and it never, it didn't put me into harder drugs. I'm not interested in doing harder drugs. I really just like weed a lot. (laughs) And so I love that I'm sharing this with you guys. Y'all really know me now. I literally have nothing to hide. This is my, that was my last straw. And so, (laughs) and I hope you're having fun with me. Um, And feel free to send me messages. Y'all, I love getting messages from listeners. I'm not going to get off track. So the last three months I have kind of known, and I said to my sister, I was afraid that my tolerance was getting high for it. So what I would do is I'd go seven days. I'd just let myself run out and I'd not go get more. I'd quit for a month at a time. And I was like, 2019 was truly a bodily experiment with how I want to like treat my body and, and go through life. And so it definitely wasn't the tolerance. I was telling him that I'm like, yeah, I'm smoking, but I don't think I'm getting high anymore. And I said, could it be that I'm literally high on life? (laughs) And I really think that that was the case. And because I didn't need to get happier. It wasn't it wasn't to become happier. And like, I would definitely smoke to relieve some anxiety or stress. And that would be helpful. Or like if I had meetings all day, and I was really wound up, I love doing it and then going like to the beach and hanging out and just relaxing and soaking up some sun. 
However, that it didn't have the same effect anymore. And so January into February, going into the retreat, I kind of had a, my diet starts Monday attitude <laughs> to where I was eating so many snacks, so much sugar. And, um, I gave up coffee in 2019 and I haven't actually drank coffee in a very long time. I was drinking like six cups a day. That's another addiction that I had was coffee. And so, but I do drink caffeine, like a caramel macchiato. I love, so I was adding sugar and caffeine together and I was smoking weed. And I'm like, I was like overboard on all of them because I had that diet starts Monday. I knew, I knew that with this retreat, I was going to use it as a detox and that I was going to use it to launch a sobriety, let's say campaign for myself. However, so I didn't know that it was, I want to go completely sober I just thought it was going to be a detox and days one, two, and three of this retreat, I'll tell y'all because I was diet starts Monday attitude and I was overindulging on the way in. I had this migraine from behind my right eye all the way over the right side of my head, down my back of my right side of my neck for like three days. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying for this. And so cleared that energy. And again, vegetarian meals, uh, drinking water and tea, sleeping, sleeping enough. I know I said I was having some trouble sleeping, but resting, 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 resting. And then noble silence and no phones and no static, no noise, like everything was complete clarity, granted me complete clarity. So I am coming to you live, completely clear, so excited about it. So excited to like create this new stage of life. And uh, one last thing I wanted to say about that. And the reason I want to share it is because you know what, and this is really for you too, is I, the first three days while I was just suffering from that migraine, I was like, I never want to feel this way again. How am I going to convince like my family and my friends not to pressure me to drink? That's the, those were the thought processes that I was having in the first couple days. It's like, I'm going to make this announcement, like, Hey, friends and family, please support my process. I'm going to go sober, like blah, 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 blah. And that was fine because I, I, I've seen it before. I've seen people ask for the support to be sober. And that's, that is great too. Trust me. If that's the step you need, do that step. However, by day seven, eight, nine, I am, I was so convicted. Like I am not touching it. <laughs> I had, I have some, I had a, a bonfire last night and I actually, I threw the last of my weed in the fire <laughs> and my little wooden holder that I had. <laughs> and so, um, it was just very, it was very symbolic, very final. And I feel really good about that. However, I'm sharing this with you to give you hope, not to ask for your support. Like, Hey guys, don't pressure me. Or if you see me out, don't offer me a drink. Like that was my first concern, but I'm so sure about who I am and what I'm up to and the impact that I want to be here that like, I don't, I'm not interested. And maybe I'm late to the boat. Maybe you're a sober, a sober Sally as well. And I love that. And I love you for it. And cheers to you. Um, if you're someone who deals with different addictions now, I, again, I told you my vices, we all have our own. Sometimes it's workaholism. Sometimes it's, um, relationships, right? So there's different types of intoxicants, which are like the substances, substance abuse, 
And then there's also relationships and sex and then the workaholism, but also material items. You're stuffing, you're, you're like numbing out by buying the next thing or upgrading the next thing or chasing the next purchase, or it could be in titles and achievements, right? Perfectionism, like getting the, getting the next degree. If you got six degrees, you have an addiction. I love you. I'm sorry. You know, it's, so it's different things. Or if you're chasing a certain promotion or a certain salary, it's not the thing that's going to make you happy. And that's ultimately, so I'm going to wrap up this conversation of the retreat around the actual thing that we were being taught, which is the law of nature, the law of impermanence. Everything comes and goes. Everything starts and ends. And the last way I want to say this, because it's so perfect for the retreat was we were told to sit still. It was called a sitting of strong determination, meaning you were strongly determined not to shift your body, open your legs, open your hands, open your eyes. You were, you back straight, sit there, don't move. And the first thing you want to do is scratch an itch. And so you can try this at home. That's why I want to hand this, this one over to you. Sit and meditate for even five minutes without scratching an itch because the the same impulse that you have to rub your eye or scratch your nose or you know kind of shift to get more comfortable is the same impulse that you have to scratch the itch of addiction or to to scratch the itch of relieving your discomfort so if you're uncomfortable you immediately react to alleviate the discomfort. And so sit for five minutes a day and challenge yourself not to scratch an itch. And you're going to realize how many itches in life you are scratching because you're so unconscious to the fact that you're doing that. So I'm going to leave that right there for you. This retreat was amazing. It is called Vipassana Meditation. You can find the information and resources is on dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org. And I will link this in the show notes. However, this was the law of impermanence. It was the law of this too shall pass. Y'all, I got my truth back. My truth has been this too shall pass since the ninth grade. Uh, Ray Papich, I want to dedicate this, this episode to him, honestly, because he taught me that in ninth grade, after I was crying about losing a basketball game, he said, this too shall pass. This loss won't matter in 25 years. And I learned that. And I knew that for a decade. And then just three years ago, I actually let a coach talk me out of that belief system for a little while, which was phenomenal because I knew it and it served me so well. And in a call, he goes, you say that you keep saying this too shall pass. He goes, that's a coping mechanism. So you don't have to take anything seriously or commit to anything. And I was like, huh, maybe you're right. And that is not true. (laughs) I let him talk me out of it. And It's okay because I'm sure he was doing his best, but that was not the best. (laughs) I know that this too shall pass. I know that suffering is impermanent. Pain may suck, but suffering is optional. You don't have to get shot by two arrows. 
you could take it out, take the thorn out of your side. You don't have to suffer about it all the time. I just want to send you all that love. I want to share all that love with you. And we have a few more minutes. I want to talk about this book that I got coming up. And I want to share a little bit. I've shared quite a bit about being offline, but I want to cover a few pieces because we live in this social media world. And I think that y'all need to be served with this and loved up on about this because it's very confusing. So I want to um, talk a little bit about how to have an online business while living an offline life. I have been learning Spanish. I've been learning to surf. I've been enjoying Southern California. I've been connecting. I actually um, like have been integrating into my community more. I realized like I spent all my time on my laptop, on my phone, in, in video calls or doing the things. And so I was like, I need a life. I need to go get out there. And so I started exiting the online world to get back into the physical world. And the first way you can do that is obviously go rebuilding your relationships, serve the ones that you have. And this is not just for entrepreneurs. So don't check out here just yet because the online world creates such a false sense of urgency that there's a limited time this and a sale that and there's so many tactics and funnels and programs and algorithms that really If you know anything about social media, the whole point is to keep you addicted to it. Like anything, like marijuana, like alcohol, like sex, like any of it, it wants to keep you coming back. Sugar, sugar. Oh my God, the food industry has put so many preservatives in our food so that we crave them. So it's the exact same. All of these physical things that I've been talking about translate directly into the mental addictions caused by social media and the online world. Because even the little red notification circle pings your dopamine and, and fires off different synapses and causes different reactions that have you checking in constantly. And you have those like phantom some vibrations in your pocket thinking, oh, I better check it, you know? And so I'm talking to all of us, not just the online entrepreneurs. I'm calling BS. You know, we're convinced that there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And, um, you know, people making a lot of money online, which I talk about viv- like as much as I can, because it, it angers me that there are people who know these things and use them to manipulate you to buy and, and purchase and keep like uh, buying into something. And so it's frustrating. And my, I have a really deep commitment to helping you become free of those chains by knowing what's happening to you by understanding the absolute conditioning of just the power of words and the positioning of words and even using capital letters, like it's so fine tuned that you don't really know what's happening to you. Or you may know and you're like scrolling and your like thumb is going and your brain is like, stop, stop, stop. And your thumb's like, no, 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 I can't. And so um, I just want to talk a little bit about that because I spent the entire month of December offline And then January, I actually told people like, Hey, I'm not meeting up. I'm launching my company. I'm launching my business. I'm building the back end. 2020 is happening. We got a big year and I'm going to tell you about this big year with this book coming up, but still spending a lot of time offline. I actually am uninstalling my apps every single day in the evening and I'm not reinstalling them until like pretty late in the morning. And I love it. I love it. 
love it. And I highly recommend it because you don't need to be on as much as you think you need to be on. And it's very likely you're using it to numb out anyways, and distract and waste time. You think you have no time, you have lots of time, you very likely spend literally hours a day on your phone. And so um, a few little exciting things about that is 2019 turned out to be my most profitable year of business. So three years in, it took three years in to become a profitable business. Now I say that because in this social media world, like I explained in the beginning of this episode, is that people are trying to sell you the get fixed quick schemes not so much get rich quick schemes anymore, but get fixed quick schemes. Like what's wrong with you? Here's what's wrong with you. And here's my three-step system to fix that, right? BS, BS, BS. Check out, get to learn yourself. If you want to be successful, you need to dive in to your own self-discovery and transformation, not necessarily someone else's three-step program to ultimate success and blah, 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 final this and that and the other. There's a lot that happened, but my business has only grown offline. I've been making more one-on-one connections. You guys, I emptied my email inbox, (laughs) not to zero, but I finally cleared it out in a way that like what's in there needs to be in there. And it feels so good. I cleaned out my life. I detox some more. I'm a minimalist. I actually live in a little one bedroom and everything I own, I own on purpose. It's not stacked. It's not piled. I haven't been meaning to get rid of anything anymore. Like I own what I own and I own it on purpose. And it feels so good because my life is not cluttered. That means my brain and mind and heart are not cluttered and my soul has so much room to dance and play. And so I want to share that with you because you can get offline and it's very likely only going to have more benefits. Now, I do want to take one moment to speak directly to the entrepreneurs because y'all are convinced that you have to have your online business and that you have to be running everything online all the time, 24-7 in order to be successful. It's not about 24-7 hard work. It's about working smart it's about being efficient, it's about being on purpose and intentional, and you don't need 24 hours a day. You don't need to spend time on six applications, phone apps to do that. And doing that actually minimizes your authenticity, your connection, and your communication. And so the one, two phrases I'd like to hand anybody over is, For the entrepreneurs, it's about depth, not width. Y'all convince yourself you need a bigger audience to um, have a bigger income and revenue stream. That is not true. And so um, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, the next phrase I want to share is quality over quantity. And, and, you know, this naturally happens as we grow old. We always want a lot of friends growing up. And then you realize like, I really only need like two or three solid friends. I'm not in the market for friends anymore. (laughs) Right. And so, um, I think that this is a perfect example to be able to connect authentically and really just be yourself and connect and communicate. So, This has been a two-year path where I too have bought into other coaches, coaching coaches, coaching coaches, where they're like, this is how you succeed online. This is how to have a six-figure business in six days. And it's like, cool, not cool, because it's not true. And the coaches that are selling programs like that are... (laughs) 
bless them, they've been working for 10 years behind the scenes. They've been growing their business. And what they're trying to sell you is their shortcuts. But life, sustainable success is an experiential process. You cannot read a book that is going to make you an instant success. You cannot do a program that is going to make you an instant success. It is about going up the gradient. So if you're starting as a two in the world or a one anywhere in life, whether it be in relationship and you're in a career career, um, like a corporate career or whatever it may be in, it does not matter where it is, but you have to be willing not to go from one to 10. You got to go from a one to a two and a two to a three. And I actually have a course on this, a free mini course on my website called three keys to moving the needle in your life. So if you go to Abigail Gaza on the programs tab, um, abigailgaza.com on the programs tab, and you scroll down, you'll find three keys to moving the needle in your life. This is what it's about. It's about being willing to just go from being a five in where you are in your development to a six in your development and to not beat yourself up for not being a 10 in your development. So that I just had to share a little bit about having your offline life and your online business or your online life and being able to marry them and not have so much social media guilt. You guys, they, you know, the last thing I want to say about this is it, I am not here to bash it. And I don't think that it serves us to bash social media, you know, and I, I mean this from love, but the last generations, like the baby boomers, and then the, I don't know what the middle, what baby boomers children are named, but whatever, that's, that would be my parents. But there's so much shaming about you millennials or like y'all on your phones, get off your phone. Like, um, I run a business from my phone. Like I don't have to go to a cubicle, John, sorry. Like, so it's not no, so much about shaming social media at all. Technology is an incredible gift to our humanity, an incredible gift and tool for us to use. It is about using it properly and effectively and to increase the frequency of humanity, not to diminish it. And so just because we're on our phones more, life's not going to shit. It's not about that. And it's not about dejecting usage of your phone and your computer and technology, but it's about truly feeling connected again, because as the rise of technology has happened, you notice we are feeling more disconnected. And I think something that is a concern of the last generations is that our approach to having a social life looks vastly different. Meaning there can, you'll see six little 12 year olds all together on their phones, not talking to each other. And that's where, you know, there's that image in your mind of life is going to shit or what, what's the generation coming to? It's all, you know, whatever. However, kids are more connected. They're tapped in. They're connecting in different ways. It just looks different. And so, um, and y'all know me and my interest in recalibrating education is that education as well has not kept up with the advancements of technology and the advancements of society. And so a recalibration is absolutely necessary. Definitely talk about that on other episodes. We're not going down that path today. The last path that we are going down is talking about this book. Ah! (laughs) 
So I have been writing this book. This book has been years in the making, I realize, as I've been collecting content for it. Um, but I started writing it around November and uh, I'm just going to tell you the title. It is called, I can't the greatest lie in human history. (laughs) And it is all about the lies we tell ourselves to keep playing small in life. And so the first half of the book is going to be, I'm calling BS on all the lies we tell ourselves. And it's going to shift you as a reader from an I can't mentality to an I can mentality to a hell yeah mentality. (laughs) And being able to really identify the ways that you subconsciously limit yourself. And so I'm going to teach you guys a little bit. There's going to be some emotional intelligence work in there. There's going to be a whole part of the book all about like each chapter will be a different lie that you tell yourself and the ways that those lies live in disguise. So like, I don't have time is a lie about I can't um, make time. I can't control my schedule. And so uh, there's that. The one of my favorite ones is like, I can't walk away. So I talk about toxic relationships. I talk about um, being a people pleaser. I talk about buying into um, what other people are selling and saying like, I can't succeed on my own. So I talk about the surface level lies, but I also talk about the subconscious limiting beliefs that exist that have you telling yourselves these lies. And then I'm going to help you transition out of the lying to yourself into what you can't actually do. You can't be given all that success up. You can't be given all that time up. You can't be wasting your energy. Like those are the things you can't be doing, but because you can't afford it because your life is on the line and humanity is waiting for you to show up as the fullest version of yourself to deliver your gifts to the world. And so I'm going to tell you things that you can do. You can set boundaries. You can declare who you are. You can choose your future. You can live yourself fully and you live your heart unleashed. And so you guys, this book, I have so much love for it. Um, my first book was a memoir while I love it and I, I know that it provides transformation, there's reflection questions for people and all of that stuff. It's very much a book about me. This book is much more about you. It's much more about the development of growth and life and all of those things. And so um, there's a few little announcements that I have about it, which is I am opening up 10 spots for pre-readers for Hearts Unleashed podcast listeners, people who follow me on social media. Um, I'm actually uh, working with some different pre-readers. We are going to take our very best swing at New York Times bestseller. Now, might it happen? Maybe. Might it not? Maybe. Who cares? Who knows? But one thing I can tell you is I'm a writer. I love being a writer. I'm an author. I love being an author. And when I think about my fullest life, I can see I have like six books locked up in this brain and heart. And I've been getting them out onto paper and trying to write one at a time. And that doesn't work because there's so much thought flow going on. However, I know that I will have six or seven books in the world. And I know that I will be a New York Times bestseller. And I really want to take my best swing at what it looks like to really launch a book and have a New York Times bestseller campaign. And so part of that process is to share it with pre-readers who will share it with their communities. And so if you are interested in being a pre-reader, 
and you want to share it with your community and you want to help promote this book, that's what being a pre-reader is going to be about. I want to hear feedback from the readers. I want to know what you think. I want to have you share it with your communities. And so if that's something that you're interested in, please email hearts at heartsunleashed.com and let us know you want to be a pre-reader. And um, probably come April, we're going to be sending out applications for that process. And then I just really want to go on record saying I will be a New York Times bestseller, y'all. I don't know when, how, where, or what book it will be, but I'm certainly going to give it my best effort every single time. And I have learned so much in the launch of my debut book. And so I, I'm really excited to flex some new muscles. I'm really excited to... Sh- Jill and Rhonda have been helping on board so much with this process. We had a weekend. I flew... or Well, they flew out. <laughs> they flew out and I hosted them here and in uh, San Clemente. And we spent four days. You guys, I got to tell you this because we thought about you in the first hour of our four day weekend. We said, what are we going to do for these people? How do we want to impact these people? How do we want to make a difference in the lives of our listeners and our readers? And so I wholeheartedly mean it when I say we are here for you. We are here for your transformation. We are here for your heart being unleashed. And so that's what we're up to. That's what this book about. I can't the greatest lie in human history. You guys, isn't it? Isn't it the greatest lie in human history? Oh my God. (laughs) So, um, this has been coming together. It's going to continue to come together. You're going to hear me talking about it all year long. And I actually have a bit of a favor to ask of you. As we're going to give our best effort to um, launch this, from what I understand, becoming a New York Times bestseller means selling 10,000 books in an hour. That feels daunting. I'll tell you that much. And so um, we are going to be pre-selling this book in October into November. The book comes out on Thanksgiving Day. If you don't know me or you're just following me now... My book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter came out on Thanksgiving Day as well. And so I kind of, and that secretly now, I really plan on launching every single one of my books on Thanksgiving Day of whatever year. And so um, it's really just a lot of fun. I'm the gratitude gal. If you're not in our Facebook community, Growing Gratitude, feel free to join us in there. Um, But I do have a favor to ask of you. Once we start to promote this book, I will be wanting to go on other podcasts, other radio shows, other TV shows to help to promote the book and create awareness about its release date. And so in October and November, I'll be wanting to jump on with other podcast guests, other, you know, Facebook lives, like literally wherever, whatever, I'm going on a whole campaign to share this book because I think that not only like there's the vanity metrics of being a New York Times bestseller, but I know what's in this book. And I know that people will be served by reading this book. I know that people will be freed up and unleashed by reading this book because we tell ourselves so many lies to stay small and enough. Enough is enough. I am ready to put this book out into the world to help people break up the barriers that keep them locked in place in life. And so I really, really would love to encourage you if you're connected with podcasters, if you're connected with radio and TV show hosts, I would love those connections. Truly, you guys, I'm here for you. This is a very transparent journey. I ain't going to act like I done made it anywhere on my own. It is all about teamwork, connection, authenticity, transparency, and community. And so you are part of this community. And I absolutely love you. And I absolutely love being back with you. This is an hour and a half episode. If you have listened this long, I would love to acknowledge you. Ah, 
And we're going to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast. As you know, we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.